I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, what's up? It's your girl, just on your vice. Check it out, man. It's the boy, Don Cannon. Hey, this is Isaiah Thomas. This is Vondi Carlo. You already know what it is, man. It's G Herbo. You listen to Scoop B Radio. Scoop B Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of The Best of Basketball. I'm your host, Adam Massey, along with Russ Moore. And Russ, how you doing today? Doing well. Excited. This is going to be a good one. Cool, cool. And also joining us today, a very special guest. We got Brandon Scoopy Robinson. Scoop, how you doing today, man? Man, I'm doing good. Um, hearing good things about you on the Twitter sphere, about your podcast. Keep doing your thing. Thanks, man. We appreciate it. Well, we got a bunch of questions for you. We just want to jump into uh, the first one is last night the Celtics got eliminated. Um, I just we were curious to see. Do you feel like this has been considered a failed season for for the Celtics? No, um, I think that it is a season where you've seen guys on that team um, be who they were supposed to be all along. And by that, I mean this. Uh, when you look at the Boston Celtics uh, last season, there were high expectations going in. You brought in Gordon Hayward. Uh, Kyrie Irving was traded to the Boston Celtics. Uh, and you had, an, you had a uh, Marcus Smart on that team already. And, and, and you also have other fill-ins uh, in Al Horford and, and more. Uh, you did not know what you were getting with J- in Jason Tatum, who exceeded all expectations in his freshman year in the NBA. Uh, and they took the Cavaliers to seven games. Uh, but all of those guys on that team um, got an incomplete at the end of last season uh, because people were hurt. Gordon Hayward got hurt in the first game last year. So then you go into this season, Kyrie Irving is healthy. He's the leader of that team. And this is the first time he's really been able to have all hands on deck. And you saw their youth. Uh, you saw their youth. Literally, uh, the Boston Celtics are still very green. Um, and, and so – I still give them an incomplete this season because they faced the team in the Milwaukee Bucks who were built for the moment that they're in now and uh, uh, beyond the, the MVP season that Giannis Antetokounmpo was having mixed with uh, Brooke Lopez finding greener pastures with the Milwaukee Bucks and adding pieces like Miritich and more. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks are where they're supposed to be. It's almost like the Bucks and the Celtics switched. I thought that the Bucks were going to do well last season. They do well this season. 
And then many people had expectations for the Celtics this season, and uh, they did better last season. It's like a whoopsie-doo, loop-de-doo, blah-de-blah. But um, yeah. we, they are who they are, and, and that's where we are now. So, Scoop, I mean, you kind of you kind of touched on it, and I almost had this this mindset and this question of because of how well the Celtics did last year, almost the, it seemed as if they exceeded expectations with the young guys, Jason Tatum breaking out in his freshman year, taking, I mean, the Celtics all the way to a seven-game series against the Cavs in the conference finals. Where do the Celtics go from here? I mean, they've got some big questions going into this offseason. I mean, right now and today, Twitter has just been buzzing about the Kyrie Irving news and drama of his free agency, where he's going to go this summer. Is he going to stay in Boston? Is he going to look at New York or Brooklyn? So many people want the reunion with El- it, with LeBron in L.A. Um, I guess, what are you hearing on Kyrie's uh, free agency and any big plans that the, the Celtics have going into the summer? Uh, what I'm hearing about Kyrie Irving is uh, Kyrie is the type of person that um, what he says he means. Um, and I also know that unless Kyrie Irving is saying it, it's all speculation. And even those who are closest to Kyrie Irving have, have shared that, um, you know, he keeps everything close to the best. Uh, I am in constant contact with th- that core group. And what I can share with you is he's healing from, you know, what, transpired this season you know he had high expectations and I think Kyrie Irving is realizing at the age he's at now that it takes a lot of hard work to not only be the face of a franchise but to actually win a championship um and the thing that that's kind of the the Boston Celtics is Achilles heel uh currently is the fact that the Western Conference in my opinion has gotten weaker and I think that the NBA's Eastern Conference has gotten stronger um but I will say this uh, sp- specifically to your question. The grass is not always greener on the other side. Uh, while New York is home and the Nets gave you my first big break and the Knicks were a team that I grew up watching, um, they're still figuring things out. And I think that obviously I, I got a call sometime in February that said that you know Kyrie Irving um, you know, and the Nets, his ties to New York City, his dad being from the Bronx, his dad, um, or rather his godfather, uh, Rod Strickland, being his godfather, uh, obviously. And then, you know, um, him growing up watching the, the then New Jersey Nets and Jason Kidd and Moore and Richard Jefferson, uh, you would think there would be some ties there. I mean, he, he used to go to Continental Airlines Arena or the Azad Center and, and watch Nets games. I know he has a respect for Jason Kidd. Kyrie has told me uh, how much he likes Jason Kidd, how much of a respect he has for Jason Kidd. Um, as a player, and he enjoyed, it was his pleasure to watch him. Um, but he feels the same way about Russell Westbrook, who he competes against. Uh, he and I have had extended conversations over lunch and discussed it. So I, I think when you look at Kyrie Irving, he's a student of his craft, but to just predict today where he's going to go, I think that's unfair to the process. Me personally, I think Boston is a better look just because they're young and they can grow together. Scoop, do you think – Kyrie wants to be the guy. Do you think he wants to be the face of the franchise? I mean, you, you touched on it, how coming over to Boston, I mean, this was his opportunity. He got to to have a dose of that medicine of what it was like being the number one guy now that he was out of Cleveland and wasn't with LeBron. Do you think he wants to be the guy, or do you think he would rather have someone that's maybe right up there in that superstar tier with him, like a Kevin Durant or a LeBron James again, that he could kind of co-host with on a, on a team? You have to ask Kyrie. I can't speak for Kyrie on that one. 
Okay. You know, I think it's I think it's interesting, and I and I appreciate your comment that if if Kyrie's not saying it himself, it's complete speculation. I I think that a lot of times, especially on social media, Twitter, all all the platforms, we get caught up in all the the narratives surrounding these people. But if they're not saying it themselves, then then uh, you know we're all just speculating. So I really appreciate that comment. No, I appreciate you you, you complimenting me on that comment. And this is what I'll add: every every uh, player and their crew is different. I can't speak directly about Kyrie just because of my ties to Kyrie. Kevin Durant, his situation is a little different. LeBron's situation is a little different. Sometimes people speak through you, through other people. Sometimes players speak direct. I can only go based upon what I know. That's why I don't pretend to know everything. Just like the, I give you the, the perfect example with the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, the whole Ty Lue situation, if you pay attention to me on Twitter and if you guys are listening, my Twitter account is at Scoop B, Instagram Scoop underscore B, and Snapchat Scoop underscore B. Um, I never really commented on the Ty Lue thing because I wasn't directly tied to it, but I could speak directly to the Jason Kidd situation, and I've been very vocal about that. I think sometimes just for hits and clicks, people speak on stuff they may not be too privy on, and I, I personally try to stay away from that. Um, and, and, and if I offer an opinion, I'll do so. And I, I, you, you kind of, I think, in this summer, with so much speculation and so much going on with free agency, you have to be very careful with wording. Yeah, absolutely. Continuing kind of with with those the free agency things and the Celtics around them, what do you think Al Al Horford is going to do? Do you think he's going to opt in? He's going to look for more money elsewhere? What do you think Al Horford's plans around the Celtics are going to be? He's been a big part of their playoff run. Al Horford, to me, I don't have any intel on that specifically what Al Horford's going to do. But what I will, what I just from my observation, um, Al Horford to me is one of those guys that's been in the league for a long time. That's an all star um, that looks like he's getting ready to make that transition as a as a veteran um, who is a mainstay for the next five to eight years. Um, so when you look at somebody like Al Horford, if if he does not stay with the Boston Celtics, teams that come to mind. Uh, you look at a San Antonio Spurs uh, or or a Utah Jazz, those type of system guys. He's a system guy at first glance, but he's also a guy uh, that went toe-to-toe with Giannis Antetokounmpo in game one. And I don't know what happened after that, but he was a force to be reckoned with. Um, and, I, and I think that for Al Horford, he's got to make the decision of what am I going to do? Am I looking to win championships or am I, just, am I looking to have longevity on a roster space? With a roster space, uh, because I think he's due one more big payday, especially by how he played in the regular season, how he played in the playoffs. Um, he's been consistent. And I and I think that for Al Horford, um, there will be other teams that are available. Again, I mentioned the Utah Jazz, for example. I think the Utah Jazz in the NBA playoffs this season really missed that veteran glue guy that they need. Now, um, I've also mentioned uh, in my reporting on, on, via Twitter that um, I look at the Kimball Walker situation. I think Kimball Walker would fit uh, seamlessly into a Utah Jazz or a Dallas Mavericks uh, uh, system. Um, and I, but I, I also do think that when you look at Brad Stevens, uh, he's a guy that, that, that really has built a core nucleus that I really would not like for them to, to just disband and separate. I think there's a lot of high expectations uh, for that team that 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 didn't make it past the second round, and I knowing the type of person that Kyrie Irving is, he's a pri- he's a guy that 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 likes winning. He's a student of his craft, and knowing the type of guy that Al Horford is, 
I would try to give it another go next season, man, because I really do think that they have some young pieces that if they stay together, can grow. Sometimes it's not always about brand. Sometimes it's about like sticking it out. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And if you just look at the the teams across the league, especially if you look at the drama that's going on right now in Los Angeles with their front office and their head coaching search and the roster breakdown, and you look at other teams around the league, and then you look at the Celtics who, I mean, appear to have a very competent and proven front office. They have one of the best head coaches in the NBA and Brad Stevens. They have a core young nucleus with the, the right mix of veteran players around them. That, that is a recipe for success. I guess scoop after, after this playoff series and this playoff run for Boston, you kind of alluded to it earlier, giving them an incomplete uh, kind of grade for this season. But what's the narr- narrative around Brad Stevens right now as he is under 500 for his playoff record going forward? Is he still looked at as one of the, the best and elite coaches in the NBA right now? Or has this season had any type of negative impact on him? I don't know about the opinion of, of, of Brad Stevens a day after losing to Milwaukee, but what I can speak of uh, specifically uh, amongst assistant, coaches, assistant coach circles and NBA head coach circles is there's kind of just this um, who are you and where did you come from around the Boston Celtics head coach Brad Stevens. Um, and, and to be honest with you, I can add there are some NBA head coaches from who I, I kind of surveyed through various people I know around the league that said last season they kind of were hating on him. He kind of got this ultimate instant respect that many many coaches had to earn. And, you know, him coming out of the, the head coaching, men's head coaching position at Butler, uh, where he coached, you know, Gordon Hayward. Um, you know, some guys are great head coaches in college basketball, and that doesn't translate into the NBA. Uh, I got my start in, in, with the New Jersey, then the New Jersey Nets in 97, during the 97-98 season, and uh, I, I vividly remember John Calipari being the head coach of the, of the Nets. He was also the vice president of basketball operations with the, with the, the New Jersey Nets, and, you know, there were a lot of people who felt that he would, you know, kind of supersede what Rick Pitino was able to do when he transitioned into the NBA head coaching ranks from college and it didn't materialize. But the one thing I can say about John Calipari is this, that situation with the Nets humbled him and he went into an assistant coaching position with the Philadelphia 76ers. And that was where he kind of set up his next moves when he went to Memphis and more because he connected with Larry Brown and Allen Iverson and Kevin Ollie and World Wide West and many of those other uh, uh, fixtures that are now running the NBA and that gave him credibility. So to go to your question about Brad Stevens, I think he still has it incomplete because I think he started, he had a, it's almost like Cam Newton, Cam, a great freshman year or, or a great start. And then kind of, you know, he went to the Super Bowl and then he's kind of mellowed out. I think it's a similar situation with the Celtics and Brad Stevens. I think it's wait and see. I, I, I don't have a crystal ball or an answer, but I, I, I do think that, um, I think it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting, and I think that Brad Stevens this summer is really going to test his willpower as not just a head coach, but as a as an ultimate recruiter. Yeah, that uh, that kind of leads perfectly into my next question. I mean, this summer for the Boston Celtics, I feel like so many teams, especially big market teams, the Lakers, the Clippers, the Knicks, the Nets, uh, the Celtics, they all. This is a big summer for them, whether it's in the lottery whether it's recruiting top-tier free agents, whether it's both. Um, And so where does this leave Boston in the Anthony Davis sweepstakes? I mean, Jason Tatum 
this was only his second year. I don't want anyone to freak out, but you know, last year he played at an all-star level. This year, especially in the postseason, he looked like he took a step or two back. Um, I guess where does this leave the Celtics and the the AD sweepstakes for a trade this summer? And is Jason Tatum still looked at as that that blue chip trade piece that that a lot of executives see around the league as a future superstar in this league? I don't think that Jason Tatum has has taken the dip that some um Brandon has. Yeah, um, I agree with that. And you know, Jason Tatum is still healthy. He he just had a a, a bad or a, a lackluster. I won't say bad. A lackluster uh, second season in the NBA uh, after having a, a phenomenal NBA playoffs last season uh, against the, the game, the, the best in the game, and LeBron James. Um, when you look at um, the Boston Celtics, you 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 asked me directly about the Anthony Davis sweepstakes. You know, I, I've kind of been on the on the ground running, particularly at the beginning of October, uh, letting you know folks know that you know the Lo- the Los Angeles Lakers were really looking to make a move uh, to get Anthony Davis at the trading deadline, and you saw everything that went on that played out in the news. The Pelicans ending up firing their general manager Dell Demps, and you know Anthony Davis publicly requesting a trade through his agent Rich Paul, and you know all of those sing songy things that have gone on. It's like lamb chop. It's like the song that never ends um and so to to answer your question about the boston celtics i can share with you that uh danny ainge uh the president of basketball operations of of the uh of the boston celtics uh has has been gung-ho about anthony davis since his days at kentucky um I, I can share with you that uh he really wanted to get anthony davis in the draft and it was no such luck but and then you look at the season how it played out I know that the, obviously the Boston Celtics had those four trade those those draft picks uh, going into next month in, in in this summer's draft, but you know the weight of those draft picks. I think where the Celtics are are sl- slated right now, I think that maybe there's one pick through Memphis is one thing. I think like 14 or 23rd they're expected to get in, the, in this year's draft. I don't I don't have my, my my paperwork in front of me, but I know that they don't have as attractive of draft picks now than many thought that they would have at the beginning of the season. And so with the new Orleans Pelicans now having uh, David Griffin as the head man over there making moves, uh, some would argue, you know, that, that Anthony Davis would find his way to the Los Angeles Lakers because of his connection to David Griffin's connection to, you know, LeBron James and Rich Paul. I don't think, I don't think he's just going to give Anthony Davis away. Um, and I also don't think what the Lakers have to offer is as attractive as it was uh, at the NBA trade deadline. I also think that the Lakers are just a mess right now. You can't hire a head coach. You don't, they don't have a president of basketball operations and more. And then so also the other thing that I'll add is um, when you look at, you know, Anthony Davis in that situation and, and what the Lakers were, were publicly or at least what, what was being leaked to the media about what the Lakers and the Pelicans were discussing. Now the Anthony Davis trade value goes down because now the other teams are not pressed to do anything and the Pelicans are not going to get as top notch as they may have gotten with the Lakers. And I'll also add that there could be other teams that could now be players. For example, I can share with you that the Denver Nuggets, before the NBA's trade deadline, reached out to the New Orleans Pelicans and had offered Michael Porter Jr. and some other uh, people as well in a potential trade. That was discussed. And before Kristaps Porzingis was shipped from the New York Knicks to the um, Dallas Mavericks, the Knicks contacted the Pelicans about Anthony Davis in, in, in exchange for Mitchell Robinson and some other picks. Obviously, that didn't happen, and you saw that the Knicks did make a trade uh, with the Dallas Mavericks that, that shipped 
uh, a, a multitude of pieces, including Chris Dabbs Porzingis. So I'm saying all that to say, don't be surprised if other teams are now inquiring and, and asking about Anthony Davis because uh, the Lakers and the Celtics are not as, as shiny toys as they, as they once were believed to be. Yeah, no, that that makes sense. And Kent, you kind of touched on this just now and, and, a, little, and a little bit ago. Um, what can you tell us about that failure to, to land Tyloo? And I know you said you didn't comment because you don't have, have a, a source close to that. Uh, but what can you tell us about the failure to land Tyloo of what you do know, and who's kind of the next the next in line for that in in the recent hours that we've been seeing? Well, to be honest with you, I, I based upon what I've read, I can kind of interpret it, if you will. Um, I can share that I've uh, what the Lakers were offering Tyloo uh, was not what Tyloo was looking for. And see, what happens is I learned this a few years ago uh, during my time. Uh, covering the Brooklyn Nets in their first year in Brooklyn for a site called Brooklyn Fans. Uh, when you fire a coach and they get, they're still paid because they have, they still have money on the books or more, more money on their contract that they, that the team has to honor. If a coach takes a job with another team, the, they're trying to not make more money or they're trying to make less money so that they still get payment from both teams. If if that makes sense. Yeah. And so with Ty Lu, from what I was reading today, and what ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski reported, shout out to Woj, um, what, I can, what I can say is um, Lou and what he wanted in comparison to what the Lakers wanted didn't make sense. And then the Lakers were also trying to um, put their two cents in on who they wanted as an assistant coach. And so I'll use this example. It reminded me in football terms of how the Philadelphia Eagles had Donovan McNabb and then they signed Michael Vick and they hired basically McNabb's replacement. So when you look at Frank Vogel, who, you know, coached the Orlando Magic, very nice guy, uh, coached the Pacers, coached the Magic and more, that guy could take his spot. Then you look at Jason Kidd, um, a guy that impressed the Los Angeles Lakers in his interviews over at uh, the Lakers practice facility in El Segundo, California. He's a guy that, you know, Rob Palenka was interested in, but, you know, he's got an answer to Jenny Buss, Jenny Buss as well. So um, when Ty Lue turned it down, it, the, the attention immediately shifted back to Jason Kidd. I was reporting back in November uh, that if uh, Jason, or rather if, if Luke Walton, former head coach of the Los Angeles Lakers, was fired, uh, that the Lakers would be looking at Mark Jackson as well as Jason Kidd. And I can tell you that Magic Johnson did reach out to uh, Jason Kidd during the course of the season, like November, December. And so now that Ty Lue has kind of uh, parted or has, has kind of passed on what the Lakers had to offer, you know, Jason Kidd comes back into play, um, as, as well as um, uh, Jawan Howard, who's currently an assistant coach with the Miami Heat under Eric Spolstra, who does a very good job in player development, by the way. Uh, there's certain guys that are coming up the ranks in, in the NBA's assistant coaching world that are going to be next. One name I want you guys to pay attention to is a guy over with the Charlotte Hornets. His name is Jay Hernandez. Uh, was under Frank Vogel in Orlando, is now out in Charlotte. But when you look at you know the, the, the Lakers right now, the two candidates that are standing out is, is Jason Kidd uh, as well as Jawan Howard. Uh, and, and, and if I'm not mistaken, um, Hollins is also um, a guy of interest, a former Brooklyn Nets coach. Uh, coached with the Memphis Grizzlies as well. So I know I'm speaking a ton, but there's a lot of layers within the Los Angeles Lakers and the calamity that it is currently, and hopefully they can right the ship before uh, the NBA draft. 
All right, Scoop, and we're just, we're just going to wrap up here, but uh, just just quickly, um, I just want your best educated guess on this. Um, as we've as you've mentioned, and it's it's quite obvious everywhere you look. Uh, the Lakers have some some real issues right now uh, at every standpoint in their organi- organization. But uh, today, May 9th, two thousand nineteen, uh, which free agent, if any, would you say is most to likely to wear the purple and gold next season? Well, if you take me at my word and my report on September seventeenth, two thousand eighteen. Uh, I did mention that a, a league associate with me that you know Kevin Durant would join the Los Angeles Lakers in NBA free agency. I'm sticking with that source for now, um, but a lot of things have changed since September 17, 2018. LeBron James is growing, the failed Anthony Davis trade, uh, and a lot more. And now you're in a situation where they don't have a president of basketball operations, Johnson stepping down. Um, and so right now, to answer your question, I'm sticking with that, but it also will depend on. Uh, who else, who are the Lakers are able to get um, as their head coach? Rob Palenka has a relationship with the Lakers. Um, or excuse me, Rob Palenka, who is the general manager of the Los Angeles Lakers, has a relationship with Kevin Durant. Um, but the Lakers are a big mess right now. And, you know, as much as I favor the Lakers, uh, the Brooklyn Nets and the New York Knicks are also a team that could legitimately uh, nab Kevin Durant in free agency, particularly because of their young culture on the Nets side and because of New York as a location with Kevin Durant. So it's, it's going to be interesting to answer your question of who else. Um it really depends on coaching and management right now. So it, it, I know the Lakers are a popular topic, but they're a mess too. Yeah, it's interesting how uh, how quickly things change. Well, Scoop, we truly uh, appreciate you joining us today. Is there anything you got going right now you want to put a plug in for just to get it out to our listeners, anything like that? I mean, for those who are listening, first of all, thanks, for you guys, for having me. But for those who are listening, you may want to check out Scoopy Radio. Uh, Scoopy Radio had 3.5 million streams last year, and it is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn app, Stitcher app, or simply by visiting ScoopBradio.com. We've had anybody from Jamal Crawford, Susan Bennett, the voice of Siri, DJ Khaled, um, Mark Cuban, um, a myriad of other people, Charles Barkley, Kenny the Jet Smith. Um, so Scoopy Radio was definitely um, a, a, a platform you guys want to pay attention to. I was just uh, texting back and forth with Michael Rappaport. Uh, Rap said he wants to come on, so we'll have him on in the next couple of weeks. Talk big three, as well as just his his uh, his opinion on a lot of different things. But um, Scoopy Radio is really the avenue. A lot of other things coming uh, coming very soon um, this summer and the fall. So please uh, reach out, Scoop B on, on Twitter at Scoop B, Scoop underscore B on Instagram and Snapchat, and subscribe to the Scoopy Radio podcast and check out um, uh, my 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 written work. Uh, at heavy.com as well as basketball society online. Scoop B Radio. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 